Hello and welcome to the Thought Leader's Voice. I'm Rachel Kinsella, Editor-in-Chief at iResearch Services and your host for today's podcast episode on brilliance in B2B marketing. We're delighted to be joined by Keith Browning today. Keith leads brand marketing globally for the marketing solutions business unit at LinkedIn. He's got particular interests in brand strategy and B2B marketing strategy. He's a graduate of Dublin City University, Technological University Dublin, and the Marketing Week Mini MBA. He's guest lectured at TUD and Trinity College Dublin. He's a regular keynote speaker and commentator for industry publications, including Ad Age. Additionally, he's an ambassador for the Great Sportsmanship Programme. Very warm welcome to you today, Keith. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Rachel. Great to be here. So, brilliance in B2B marketing is something that I think you and I are both very passionate about, and I'm really looking forward to to getting into that with you today. You've been at LinkedIn for seven years now. You must have seen it change dramatically in in that time, and and B2B marketing as a discipline changing dramatically in in that time. Can you talk us through uh, some of the changes that have have happened over this time? Uh, I appreciate it's quite quite a long period to, to recount, but... Can you talk us through the the evolution of the platform of, of LinkedIn and a bit about what what you've been seeing in terms of B two B marketing's evolution in that time as well? Yeah, sure. So you know, LinkedIn has has definitely grown and, and evolved a lot in, in in the seven years I've been there. You know, there's a few changes immediately that spring to mind. I remember when when I joined back in 2015. I think I was only there a few weeks, and I remember us all going outside to the the front of the office in Dublin. Um, to take a photo to mark 400 million members. So that was like, that was the very first LinkedIn t-shirt I ever got was like the 400 million member milestone as such. And today, seven years later, we're, we're more than double that. We're 875 million members, you know, coming coming up to 900 million members. So that's definitely been been, been a huge change. And um, we've, we've more, you know, business units and, and, and more products now too. So Again, when I started at LinkedIn, uh, I worked for the the sales solutions business unit, and we had only recently launched our uh, flagship sales product, Sales Navigator. But since then, you know, we've added sales insights to the business in in, in the last couple of years. We've added, you know, a, a whole new learning platform, um, and of course, you know, all of the existing businesses have just grown exponentially in that time as well. And then finally, I just think you know, LinkedIn as a as a platform. It's never been more valuable to our members, I think, than, than it is right now. So the pandemic, especially, I think, saw, you know, a lot of people turn to LinkedIn in ways and, and at levels that we just hadn't seen before. Uh, so, you know, we're we're helping more people find jobs now than, than ever before. And we're getting better at doing that, um, you know, so better at actually matching people up to to the right jobs. You know, we have an incredible learning platform that I mentioned that allows people to to upskill. If You know, if you take something like the the sales discipline, when the pandemic hit that, you know, that literally changed overnight, you know, suddenly if you if you work in sales, uh, you can't go and, you know, visit your customer in person. So um, so we, you know, we were really built, I think, for for the time we're living in right now and especially what we went through the, the past couple of years. So so, yeah, we've you know, we, we've changed dramatically in, in many ways over over the seven years I've, I've been there. I think mean, B2B marketing in many ways hasn't changed a whole lot, you know, at least com- compared to our um, B2C counterparts. You know, I'm sure we, c- we can get into um, this in some more detail later. But, um, you know, if you think about how we buy, you know, today versus 10 years ago or 20 years ago in B2C, things have, have, have dramatically changed. I'd say in the B2B side, um, things haven't changed so much. The internet has certainly meant for, you know, some some key changes like 
you know, we 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 tend to research things before we we reach out to a salesperson, maybe in in, in ways that we haven't done before. But but generally speaking, it's it's we've seen much bigger changes on on, on the B two side than 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 the B two B side. So um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into some of those um in in detail later. Yeah, I think there's a few nuances there that we can explore in a a bit more detail. I mean, just sharing some of my experience of of being a member of LinkedIn. Um, I was one of the earlier members way back in 2007 sort of time and bringing together people looking looking for jobs and kind of extending that that global community. And then as you've developed all the different tools for, for sales purposes, for creating different communities, and then of course the the content aspects that that, that came in about 10 years ago. And and obviously that's been a huge evolution for you. And and I think that reflects some of the changing nature of B2B marketing. Maybe it's it's brand marketing as a whole, not just delineating between b2b and b2c but actually you know that's something that we can we we could talk about in a, in a bit more detail but it reflects that sort of that need for content and collaboration and and community and talking about those more human uh even more personal topics yeah. um as part of that sales process as part of the relationship building which is just is light years away from sort of connecting with people because of you know um who they know and how they might be able to uh, to get you a job in a in a particular jurisdiction or in a, in a particular field. So I think you know that that reflects the changing nature of people's roles w- within marketing and uh, and sales. And you've really you know evolved ahead of that in some senses and alongside it in in terms of yeah. as you say being set up for current times. Having that online global platform is is what everybody needs to to be able to deliver the sales process, to build the relationships, to and and looking at ways that you could tie that together with marketing yeah. activity, with with content, with showcasing thought leadership, for for example. And it's interesting that you've seen it from different sides of the business as well since since you first joined LinkedIn. You're in, in the marketing solutions business now, um, so can you tell us a little bit about? how you're working to to help marketers in in that space yeah sure yeah so um i yeah i mentioned earlier i started off in the in the sales solutions business line so that that was my first role at linkedin but for the past 4 i think plus years now um i've been on the marketing solutions side which is essentially you know our our ads business um so so you know i i'm a marketer marketing to marketers which is you know kind of meta um kind of cool cuz you know i i understand I think the the industry in a way that I might not have if I was, you know, marketing, you know, HR tools or payroll software or, or something else. But I think it also raises the bar as well. You know, we have to uh, we have to walk the talk to to a certain degree and 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 try to you know lead the industry. Um, you know, when it comes to a lot of the things that we we talk about. So yes. Um. So yeah. So I lead the brand marketing function for 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 LinkedIn marketing solutions. Um. So. You know, when we talk about brand marketing within the business units, really what I'm referring to is like those longer term marketing programs. So, yes, uh, the, the type of advertising that tends to be, you know, more creative, more more emotive, or you know, at least that's the intention. Um, and the you know the, the campaigns are aimed at you know growing a um a range of brand metrics um for our marketing solutions business units. So as opposed to maybe trying to bring in you know leads or or bring in sales. Uh, this quarter, we're thinking about those longer-term brand metrics, um, 
And then, yeah, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the, the products that we sell and, and, you know, how they help marketers, I think at, at its core or at its simplest, it's, it's about, you know, we connect marketers with that customer base that, that, that they want to reach, you know, in, in, in very, very simple terms. Um, what's unique about how we do it, I guess, is we have that, you know, professional audience that, that marketers can target. So, you know, our, our products enable uh, marketers to, um, I guess, reach and then, you know, build a community with 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 that professional audience, um, and the way we do that in particular, um, you know, through our through our native platform, um, is you know it's 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 about um, you know providing a a series of tools, I guess, to to help you build that community, um, to to start to engage with the audience, um, and and that's all you know that that's our organic tools, I guess. So you you know you can start doing that now. By you know setting up a company page and 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 doing that at no cost, but obviously then when you want to um you know really scale those efforts, uh we 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 have a you know a series of paid solutions um primarily through media that will that will help you do that. Brilliant. So you're you mentioned you're having to raise the bar in terms of creativity and the way you're communicating, cut through uh the content that's that that's being created, uh the creative. Uh, that that is being built, um, and you're looking at those long term goals, campaigns, and and programs that are going to be be sustained. So you can't just kind of put all your eggs in one basket and uh, and just make a, a big bang without following through with, with with other activity. So targeting that to to other professional marketers is no mean feat, but also really exciting in terms of you being able to push yeah. push the bar to be able to to really get creative and. Uh, and do something different yeah it's handy i i remember um you know j- just as you're talking about it now when i when i started at linkedin it was in the sales solutions business unit as i mentioned so when i was consuming content half of the content i was consuming was like content about the sales industry because obviously i wanted to you know educate myself as much as i possibly could on on that industry you know where we're marketing our products as such so half my time was spent you know learning about that industry and, and that audience and then the other half of my time was spent, you know, reading marketing materials. So now I, you know, in this role, I get to combine the two, which is which is handy. Brilliant. And also you've got the learning tools at your disposal, exactly. like yes. you're offering to, to members now as well, which is, you know, extremely valuable to be, to be able to hear from experts in their field, to be able to get those bite-sized chunks available for learning when people are so busy and they've got multiple KPIs and objectives and kind of bogged down with it with the day-to-day to to have a platform where you're able to to access bite-sized learning tools and and very specific learning tools uh, is incredibly valuable. So that kind of leads into sort of, you know, um, knowing your market and knowing your your target audience, but then also um, really uh, raising the bar in terms of uh, of creativity. And uh, you recently launched a brand campaign, Beta Brilliant, um, including billboards in in Cam, which is an incredibly new approach for for this kind of industry. And and I would say for for B two B, so it's a first for. LinkedIn's B2B advertising. So huge congratulations on that. It's exciting to see levels of creativity and um, kind of bringing together traditional advertising methods with new means of of targeting, uh, you know, B2B consumers, essentially. Um, can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about the, the thought process for um, you know, creating that campaign? Why was the timing right? 
um so you know what, what were the different elements that that went to in, into it from from a brand marketing perspective and uh, and from a uh, creativity standpoint yeah sure so i think within the within the ads business um we've been on you know a really interesting and, and important journey i would say um over the over the last year so it would have been about this time last year that we were embarking on a journey to i guess lay some foundations for the business is is the best way to describe it so by foundations i mean you know um you know you know who is our audience you know what what is our brand promise or or positioning to them we we just had no clear sense of we we no clear positioning in in the market so um the reality was we were you know trying to be everything to everyone i guess um so around this time last year we began the process we started with just a you know a whole bunch of research you know quan and qual we we spoke to customers we spoke to you know prospects uh spoke to you know senior stakeholders within, within linkedin you know all the leadership team to essentially you know attempt to align us around you know one one positioning so so a foundation that we could build um everything off now i think you know one of the reasons we hadn't you know committed to a a position in the past and you know ended up trying to be everything to everyone is it always felt like whatever we chose we were ignoring something else so if you know if we decide to position on x that just led to questions of, but what about why? So we we could never quite get it, you know, across the line or gain alignment, I guess, on on what we should be positioning on. So this time round certainly wasn't a straightforward linear process. We we did end up arriving at a great place though, um, which is you know that that we're built for B two B essentially. So we we have a you know a full positioning statement, but but the essence of it essentially is is you know we're we're built for B two B. So. Obviously, the implication uh, with this positioning is, is you know, our competitors are not. So when you think about some of our competitors, um, you know, rightly so, they're, they're, they're built for, you know, very fast, easy, one-click transactions. It's one-click purchase and it's, and it's one buyer as well. You know, no, nobody is actually building tools in the, in the same way that we are for B2B. You know, we're, we're, we're the only ones building tools specifically for, you know, when you want to reach business professionals, when it's you know, part of a complex sales cycle when it's multiple buyers, um, you know, and it's over a long period, we're really the only ones building tools that way. So, so we we made a call. You know, we 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 made a decision to, I guess, um, push all of our chips in on 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 B two B. So so to to double down on on that. So we ended up, I think, with it with a you know a compelling position, definitely differentiated, and 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 we can actually deliver on it, um, which I think is actually a great litmus test for for a positioning I, I i learned this in in um mark ritson's course a, a few years back but it's it's this idea of like the three c's you know customer um competitors and and company you know what we mean by that is it should be something that you know customers actually want in the first place so it's you know there's, there's a demand there as such from 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 customers it's a it's a relevant compelling offer um the second piece is that it's actually differentiated. So, so what you're offering is, you know, in, in, in some way different to, to the competitors offering. Um, and then the third C being company, which is like that you can actually deliver on it. Um, so, um, so those three C's are, are a, a great, uh, test, you know, to, to, to understand if you have arrived at a, at a, um, you know, positioning that, that, that will work out for you or, or, you know, has the best chance of working out for you. If you're only hitting, Two out of those three C's, it's probably you know time to go back to the drawing board and and, and find something where you where you can tick all three. So yeah, anyway, we we made a choice to 
um, to focus on 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 B two B. And and that choice, you know, I, I mentioned the, the difficulty of making in, in making that choice earlier, but you know that that is quite literally um, what strategy is. So, you know, I think it's Porter's definition of strategy, which is you know choosing what not to do. Um, you know that that's 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 the essence of strategy: choosing what not to do. Um, and you know, by choosing what not to do, obviously, you can then focus on the on the thing that you should do. So, um, so yeah, we 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 did, we did a new position firmly established. That that was really the the, the starting point. Was to you know get us all singing off that same song sheet as such, um, and when I say we're all singing off it, you know I I, I mean all of us, which was um, you know a a key part of the the success of this position. Um, so the, you know the various marketing teams um, across our business were all singing off this um, same same song sheet, but also the the product teams and and the sales teams as well. So you know we're building product from this same foundation, the, the, the same position. And we're building um, you know, sales narratives and, and sales pitches, et cetera, that that the that the that the field team are using again off this 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 same idea, the, the same positioning. So um so yeah with 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 the positioning established and, and and that being the foundation for for kind of everything that we're doing right now, um it was then time to actually embark on this, you know, customer facing campaign, which is the the one you mentioned. Um so when we looked at, you know, well, you know, why do we need to do a campaign right now? What, you know, what's what's the what's the business problem that that we're we're trying to tackle? Um, low unaided awareness is 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 really, um, you know, the, the the big one for us. When when we look at our brand tracker, that that's the one that that stands out. Um, now we've, you know, we 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 had a bunch of other objectives as well. You know, we, we had a couple of um, perception metrics, for for example, um, that that were part of the effort. But but unaided awareness was that was that primary objective. Um, because I think, you know, LinkedIn is a very famous brand, but the problem when we think about it from the, from the marketing solutions or, or the ads business perspective is we're not famous for, for marketing specific buying situations. So, so when it gets down to that level, we're not actually taught off much at all. You know, when, it, when you think about buying situations for marketers, whether it's, you know, the place I go when I want to you know, find leads or or grow brand awareness or, you know, build a community or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, we're just not taught of all that much for for, for those. So um so when, when you re- when you really, you know, get at, I guess, what 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 underlies that unaided awareness problem, there were definitely two things that, that stood out for us. It's, you know, firstly the the lack of significant investment. You know, most most of our most of our budget uh, up until you know relatively recently had been going, you know, much lower in the funnel. It was it was that demand gen type marketing. You know, what 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 leads can we bring in this quarter, and and how many of those can close this quarter? So, there definitely had been a lack of any you know significant investment at the top of the funnel. So that was that was definitely um you know um one thing on the underlying that unaided awareness problem. The second was was just an unclear position, which which, which is what I mentioned earlier. So, um, but I guess you know now um we didn't have. You know any excuse anymore um we you know we we had investment and and we now had what we believed was a was a, was a clear position um so yeah at the at the can line festival then we we launched our um our brand campaign um what b2b is meant to be so um yeah hopefully hopefully some of you have seen it but it's it's uh yeah it, it's been a market since um since june this year at the at the can festival that's brilliant i mean it just shows the importance of doing your homework um, and building that firm foundation that you mentioned before embarking upon anything. 
obviously you went went through your positioning you went through you did the research behind it to to inform those decisions you talked to everybody internally to make sure that everyone was aligned in terms of their objectives and 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 how you were going to be positioning yourselves you looked at sort of you know where there were gaps that you wanted to 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 fill and where you wanted to to move things forward and that that must have been an awful lot of work and uh taken substantial amount of time to to be able to to put all of that together but it just goes to show the the importance of doing all of that before embarking on a campaign of this magnitude and also if you are making that call that's how you're going to be positioning yourself and you're going to take a stand and you're going to put investment behind it, then uh, you need to make sure that that it's backed right the way way along and, and, and for the for the long term. So so how do you go about measuring it? Is it, it looking at uh, how you've increased that that awareness as the, as the campaign has been been live since June? Yeah. So um, I mentioned on un- unedited awareness is that was the primary objective of the campaign. Um mm. Unaided awareness is, as the name would suggest, a, a measure of awareness, but it, but it's it's recall instead of recognition, um, which is which is the key distinction. So, you know, if you take I don't know the pizza delivery category, um, if you wanted to mention or or, or to to measure awareness outright, so aided awareness, um, you you might say something like you know have you heard of you know uh, Pizza Hut or have you heard of Domino's. Um, so that's recognition. If, if if people say yes, I you know I have heard of Domino's or I, I have heard of Pizza Hut, that's that's aided awareness. It's 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 recognition. With unaided with unaided awareness, you're you're looking at recall. So um, you're just asking that question outright. The 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 the, the pizza brands are are removed from that question, and you're just saying you know which 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 pizza brands come to mind. So 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 there's no prompt as such. Um, so so you're getting much more of that you know top of mind um uh measure so so that's unaided um it tends to be more difficult to move for that reason um but but that is um that that was the primary objective so i think you know setting your objectives so you know which needles um you want to move is is, is critical um in terms of how we do it how how we evaluate you know the, the success overall i mean at, at a very very high level we kind of bucket it into you know short medium and long term in in terms of um you know the the type of metrics that we that we look at and and, and you know when we're going to have access to to, to those uh, performance indicators as such. So um, the the short term is probably the least valuable when it comes to you know a a, a longer term brand campaign. But you know you 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 can begin to see a picture emerge and 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 you can use some of the insights that you find even in the short term to um to influence how you think about the rest of the campaign. So you know that could be something like a video completion rate or or any of those usual campaign metrics. It could be, you know, working with a, a creative partner like a system one um, to to evaluate your creative and then maybe make decisions about, um, you know, changing it in some way or or maybe you're comparing one piece of creative versus the other. Um, so uh, so so it's it's those kind of things. Eventually, it'll be, you know, brand lift studies from the channels themselves. So so most partners will will provide, um, you know, a channel brand lift studies as such. Um, so, so it's any of those kind of things are like the, f- they're they're like the first reports as such to 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 arrive across my desk. Um, the second book then is is more medium term. You tend to get these, you know, maybe a couple of months down the road, um, and that's you know that that's things like, uh, you know, the overall campaign effectiveness report. So, 
you know, working with a third party like a like a Nielsen or a Kantar or an Ipsos, and, and you're essentially looking at, you know, among those that were actually exposed to the campaign, did we manage to move the needle? So you might look at other reports to understand if if the move in unaided awareness um had an impact on 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 downstream metrics like 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 search volume. In addition to that, so it, it, it's 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 all of those ter- things that are like you're in the medium term. You're a couple of months down the road. You're now getting a really good sense of you know did this campaign actually work? Uh, you know, at, at least among those exposed to the campaign, did we see moves in, in unaided awareness and and other maybe top of the funnel metrics? And then looking at um, you know d- downstream metrics like like search volume and kind of saying did did did, did we have a downstream impact here as well? Um, so that's the medium term, and then the long term. Um, for us anyway is is the brand tracker so we have a we have a biannual um brand tracker um the brand tracker is campaign agnostic so we you know we run that tracker whether or not we have a campaign in market so it's 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 you know it's just about measuring the long-term health of the brand um we look at it because obviously you know we we want to see if if the moves we saw uh among those exposed to the campaign, um, in in you know in in the campaign effectiveness report carried over to a wider population, which is which which is what the brand tracker is measuring. So so yeah, at, at a very high level, that that's kind of how we think about it. We kind of bucket them into these you know almost immediate or or or, or, or reports or, or metrics we get in the short term. Then it's about the the medium term, which is like the campaign overall, and then longer term, we're thinking about the overall health of the brand. Right. Yeah, it's very smart to to put it into those those three buckets uh, as it were and and be able to to measure effectiveness of the of the campaign right the right the way through uh, and of course that you do the brand tracker and that's campaign agnostic so you can see where um things are are being moved by the campaigns when obviously they hit what does good look like to you in terms of your your own campaigns and then more broadly across b2b marketing i'd be really interested in the, in hearing your your thoughts on that you know the, looking at the kind of uh, the kind of marketers that you work with and the solutions that that you're offering yeah sure well i i think it's a it's probably a similar answer in the sense that when we set out um to create a campaign we're thinking about um best practices of uh, you know of course so it, it's it's the you know the, the same taught leadership and, and research that we're putting out into the world is actually how we're creating our, our own campaigns. So we have a content franchise called LinkedIn Collective, which is a relatively new content franchise that only launched in, in the past few months, where we have this collective as such or collection of voices um, from the industry speaking about these issues. We also have a, a research uh, body as, as part of our, our business called the B2B Institute, which is doing some you know, world class um, primary research on on you know, a lot of topics very relevant to 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 B two B marketers. So we're we're building our campaigns. You know, um, the the way we talk about it to our thought leadership. So it's it, we're we're walking the talk from that perspective. From my perspective, I think having a great creative idea um, is always a good start. You know, something that that is going to actually you know, cut through and and and, and get attention um, is key. I mean, if no one sees the work, it's already game over. The second part of that, though, uh, which which I think is is maybe talked about a little bit less is, is you know, is being distinctive. So, you know, it, it's great to cut through, but if people don't know it's actually your brand, well, then it's it's pointless too. Um, or, or maybe it's worse than pointless. You might actually, 
be mistaken for a competitor brand and, and you're actually helping to to build their brand. So not only are you not building your own brand, you're, you're, you're building your competitor's brand. So so this idea of being distinctive or, or well-branded is, is extremely important in addition to, you know, creative, which is going to get some kind of attention or put through. Um, I, you know, I really admire a brand like a, a Salesforce in, in, in that regard. I think over the long term, you know, they just do a great job at, you know, building these distinctive brand assets with, you know, the, the shapes that they use, the, the you know, the, the colors, the characters. So like, you know, introducing Astro as this like distinctive Salesforce character, I think was just such a masterstroke, just such a, such a you know, a, a genius move. And um, I think something most B2B brands would be very reluctant to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's got a completely yeah, yeah. different direction for, for B2B and a bold move. Exactly. Yeah, very bold move. And you know, every great story needs a uh, needs a great character. It's 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 hard to sell stories with it without characters. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think the the proof is is in the pudding. If you remove, you know, the logo from a Salesforce ad, most people will still know it's a Salesforce ad. They'll you know whether it's from the from the mascot or, or from the colors or the shapes or whatever it is. You you know, it's 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 it, it tends to be a very um, you know distinctive um, ad. So so I think you know distinctiveness. Um, combined with 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 breakthrough creative, um, obviously a great starting point. Other than those two, um, I also like to think about the three M's. Um, this is <laughs> my you know my trademark pending three M's, but um, we, you know I I I use it almost as a uh, as a as a shorthand when I'm thinking about you know what are the levers that I can pull as a marketer, I guess, um, which can potentially increase the the effectiveness of of my campaigns. So the, the three M's um are minutes firstly so so minutes being you know the amount of time in in market um so you know extending the 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 duration of your campaign um is is a key lever i, I think that marketers can can pull to increase effectiveness we 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 tend to just massively over index on 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 the short term um and and you know focus on you know immediate results what 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 can we do this quarter um but you know the the lure of efficiency um, you know, comes at the expense of, of of effectiveness. So, so minutes is is a key one. Just you know, duration and market. The second one then is the actual number of media channels that you're using. So, again, you know, you should be looking to um, maximize the number of media channels used. We we, we just know from research, um, you know, two channels are better than one. And and you know, there's obviously a point of diminishing returns at, at some point. But it's w- when um, you know, researchers like Bennett and Field look at you know award-winning very effective work they tend to see it's more media channels versus less b2b marketers we you know we tend to to focus on much much fewer channels than than our uh our b2c counterparts and we often stick to the same you know the, the same ones as well so um you know we're, b2b marketers are obviously much more likely to use something like email marketing or or, or direct marketing um for example so so just thinking about increasing the, the number of media channels that that that, that you're using and then the third M is money, which is which is obviously budget. So, um, you know, m- maybe the most obvious one, but but you know, the B two B campaigns um, that are most effective, um, you know, tend to have you know decent budget. So, um, they 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 get more effective as 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 their media spend um, increases. You know, I'm, I'm joking, of course, about about the three Ms being mine. They, they they come from great research by 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 Peter Field, just showing the 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 specific you know i guess market share gains and and, and penetration gains and, and and profitability gains um that that can be achieved or, or can be approved improved as as um some of those levers that i mentioned are are uh, pulled 
Yeah, uh, great way of framing it. And uh, I think going back to those marketing fundamentals always stands you in good stead when when you're looking at what good looks like and also, you know, how you can most effectively measure success. Um, so I think that's, you know, be particularly useful for our, for our listeners to to take a step back and, and kind of think of uh, framing it in those in those terms. Um, I like how you obviously emphasise, uh, as we've kind of discussed throughout this conversation about about cut through and and creativity and uh, and doing things differently and you, you gave some examples of uh, uh, of brands that are, are doing well in in that sense um in terms of um linkedin's sort of differentiation um your positioning obviously focused around B2B, playing to your strengths. You're here for, for B2B. Your geographical location is is an island. So you're not in Silicon Valley. You're not, uh, you know, over in sunny California, although we both spent time over there doing separate things recently, I believe. Yes. So I think that, uh, you know, that stands out. That's Is that a point of differentiation for you where, I mean, I'm very aware that... Uh, Ireland has become quite a hub for for creativity, for uh, tech innovation, for business innovation, and it, your business is a big part of that of that wave. So, do you think that's that's a point of differentiation for you? Do you think it's sort of you know part of your your purpose and your raison d'être? And um, uh, what other examples of innovation and creativity are, are you seeing? You know, from from this geographical hub. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think um, you know Ireland. You know, without going into too too much of the of the the history of it, we 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 certainly attracted some of the 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 you know the biggest uh, tech brands in the world to come and 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 set up their their international um, headquarters here. You know, it, it was a combination of you know a a low corporate tax rate, a um, you know an, an educated workforce. Great location within Europe, but we've we yeah we we've attracted everybody from from you know Meta to Airbnb to obviously LinkedIn um and and, and a whole host of others um into an area in Dublin we call Silicon Docks which is which is its nickname obviously based after um after Silicon Valley um it, it it's a point of differentiation for 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 sure I mean in fact without even meaning to I I just listed off the uh, the three points of differentiation for Ireland, um, and 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 you know why tech brands might might um you know choose to to, to come and, and and set up here, but it's certainly um you know for for me working at LinkedIn, um for 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 seven plus years now, one of one of the reasons that I've I, I guess chosen to stay there much longer than I originally intended. Like I, I remember when I when I started at LinkedIn in my mind, you know, I would probably do, you know, two, three, maybe four years at a stretch and and, and then look to move on. But, but it's, it's, you know, it's such a great company for, for, for many reasons, but what, one of the big ones and, and, and one of the, the points of differentiation, I guess, for, 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 for LinkedIn as an employer, certainly in, in my case, um, is that they are open to, you know, global roles being based in, in, in different parts of, of the world. Um, you know, where, where a, where a marketer or, or you know, other folks in our business um, have, have a global remit, you know, the role doesn't automatically open in in, in San Francisco or, or or in Silicon Valley. It, it, it can it can be done from from many other um, places around the world. So I've been lucky enough to be in a in, in a global role for for the past um, uh, four plus years. And as I said, it's it, it's not something that you're 
you're you're going to get in in a lot of other companies. So so that's definitely been yeah a point of differentiation for me in terms of them. You know some some of the some of the great Irish brands. Um, you know I think there's there's a few that I'd call out. You know certainly in in the in the B two B space. Um, I think Stripe are 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 worth a shout out. Um, I I know they're going through some uh, tough times. You know more recently. Uh, like like many companies, but it's um it's just been such a such a success and and honestly I just love their story. You know it, it's it's these uh, two brothers from Ireland, um and you know everything they're trying to do around you know democratizing online payments, um it's 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 just been really really great to follow. But I think as a very passionate marketer, I I, I like to go back and 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 look at the um the, the history of brands and I think we we've just such a great marketing culture you know whatever about tech culture we also have a great marketing culture um here in ireland um and i think you know one of one of our most famous irish brands even though maybe technically they're not, they're not irish anymore um is is guinness you know they, they they they've done you know some of the most consistently brilliant marketing that i've seen you know anywhere in the world um for 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 decades now um and you know we talked about distinctiveness earlier um you know, have you ever seen a, a beer um, that that stands out um, as much as Guinness? You know, with, with those black and white colors, it's it's just incredibly distinctive. They've had that uh, that great tagline, you know, "Good things come to those who wait," um, referring to you know how you, how you have to let the drinks you know settle. There may be the original content marketers as well. Um, something you know, not a lot of folks know, but like the 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 Guinness Book of Records was essentially like one of the original pieces of content marketing you know it, it was designed with that in mind to you know to be left in pubs free of charge and get people you know chatting and quizzing each other and so forth um so so one of the original content marketers as well so very very proud of of the history of of marketing within, within ireland as well and uh yeah and, and you know across lots of industries i think you know one brand that that never gets a uh, never gets a shout out at all as an incredible irish success story is is ryanair um you know so We've, uh, you know, we we talk a lot about distinctiveness. Maybe we haven't talked um, quite as much about, um, you know, the, the differentiation on, on on this call. But when you when you look at Ryanair and what they do, um, they just have these very very compelling, you know, multi dimensional points of differentiation where, you know, they're 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 the the cheapest or, or the lowest cost airline in in, in Europe, um, but they're also you know the most on time, and they also have the best safety record. So it's just not, you know, it, it's not just about the, the cost. It's it's those two other factors are, are are critical too. And I think what what what's really interesting about those two brands or what unites them almost, um, I, I, I'm I'm thinking of a uh, of a of a talk I went to in 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 Cannes a few years back by by Richard Shodden, um, and he talked about this idea of of the pratfall effect. I don't I don't know if you've heard of that, but. It's essentially yeah. like, yeah, this idea of, of brands highlighting their flaws. So people, obviously, you know, um, we, we, we know that, you know, brands can't be brilliant at everything, um, just as, you know, people can't be brilliant at everything. But prioritizing one thing, um, you know, typically comes at the expense of, of, of something else. When, when a business is, I guess, upfront or honest, that, that can just, um, you know, strengthen its appeal. So, so it makes it feel more, more credible and, and, and more well-rounded. And I, th- I think that unites Ryanair and, and, and Guinness um, in the sense that, you know, Ryanair go out of their way to stress, you know, almost how awful the experience will be. Like, you know, Michael O'Leary is is often a masterclass in in, in PR um, in terms of, you know, 
talking about how, you know, we're going to have standing room in, 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 in planes now where we're going to, you know, charge you to use the restroom and, and, and all of these different things that they say. But I remember I remember hearing Rory Sutherland, you know, talk about that and, and how when Ryanair and, and, you know, other low cost airlines first took off, the obvious question that that customers were, were going to be asking was like, you know, how can the how, how can low cost airlines um, you know, sell sell flights at, at such a low cost. People, you know, could be forgiven for thinking maybe you know maybe they're they're cutting corners in, in some way um, relating to safety. For example, you know may, maybe they don't train their pilots as as well as other other airlines, and, and that's how they're, how they're saving money. So the best way to show that they weren't was was to point out all of the other things that folks weren't getting for for their money. So just just pointing out that weakness um, in 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 one area, I, I think, implies strength in the other. And obviously, Guinness we mentioned earlier on, you know, the good things come to those who wait. It takes longer to get a Guinness than any other drink. You you would think that's a weakness, but um, they go out of their way to 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 highlight that. So um, so yeah, a a rich a rich history of of great brands, I think, in Ireland, um, and more recently, um, obviously, um, tech brands, um, for sure, in, you know, in, including LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot to be said for knowing who you are, being unashamed in in that respect and not being afraid to to point out flaws or admit shortcomings. Um, but also, you know, from that PR angle as well, sort of being very transparent about well, this is how the situation is. This is this is who we are. This is who we're aimed at. We know our audience. We're not trying to be anything else. So we're, we're not trying to be all things to, to, to all people, which I think are very good examples of, of that. And, and I guess that kind of leads me on to my final discussion point, which is about authentic purpose. It's something that we've been doing a lot of research about recently. We've been um, working with clients to uh, to look at um, attitudes to purpose and um, leading through through purpose. But it's almost you know, it's become a buzzword, and people sort of give a little sigh when they hear purpose because it's it's so overused. So in terms of being authentic and and tying that into the brand, tying that into brand marketing. Um, but in a, in a way that isn't just lip service. Um, and I wondered what your thoughts were on, you know, the most important aspect of kind of defining purpose at the outset and and, and using that within brand marketing, um, but also beyond that in terms of, you know, as you were you were talking about de- defining organisations in uh, you know overall terms or being able to tie it into specific campaigns and, and activities and, and objectives um so I'd be quite interested to, to hear your thoughts on on that especially having talked about some some brands that stand out for for various other reasons yeah I mean I I, I think there's there's a time and a place like I, I guess for for purpose um it, it it probably should not be something that that every brand does in fact you could argue that maybe most brands shouldn't do it um but but there's definitely a time and a place and 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 it definitely you know can work for for some brands we we've seen evidence of that i think the most important thing is you know before we even think about purpose it's it's actually just having some anchor you know so, some foundation so you know i called it positioning earlier on you you can call it positioning you can call it purpose you can call it you know a a bunch of other things even value proposition and and you know brand values and I and I, I know there's a slightly different definition to all of those things that I mentioned but but the point I'm trying to make is you need to have some anchor it, it, it it's something on which yes. you, you 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 can build you know everything on 
Um, and and you know, if it's purpose, then 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 so be it. You you know, you, you can you can get down that 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 purpose path. I think if if you if you um if you choose to get down the 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 purpose path, um, or if you're trying to decide whether it's it's right for for your brand, you mentioned this earlier, but but the authenticity piece I think is is just is 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 really important. You know, mm. when I, when I think about LinkedIn, you know, from 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 quite literally day one, LinkedIn had this vision around. Um, creating economic opportunity for for every member of the workforce. So so creating economic opportunity that that drives so many of our day to day actions and it drives so many of our our business decisions. And even you know I mentioned at the outset of the call all the different products that we have um, and 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 how we've you know we, we've brought we you know we've acquired other companies we've we've grown out you know new business units we've we've built new products. They're all built with that idea of creating economic opportunity in mind. So. You know whether that's helping you find a job, um, whether that's you know upskilling you for 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 the you know the the the, the next job, or whether that's you know for for a salesperson that economic opportunity might be landing a business deal, but but it's everything is built with that idea in mind of of creating economic opportunity. We want to help you know people grow, and we want to help help businesses grow. So so everything is 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 done with that in mind, and I think it it, it feels credible then when when we talk about that because we're, we're we're walking the talk on it. So so you know should you be doing it in the first place? Going back to you know the, the history of your company, what you know what is your raise on debt for? What why were you set up in the first place? And um, what 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 was that you know initial vision? What 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 did the, what what did the founders have to say about this? Um, I I I think is is a really key part. What I'd also say is purpose is um you know, something that I guess should be important to your audience too. So it needs to be relevant to your business, but it also needs to be, you know, important to your audience. And and I think when you have those two, it can, it can, you know, bring your brand and and and, and your customer base closer together. Um I remember a few years ago, and uh, this is going back four or five years ago when I worked for the the sales solutions business unit, um we we ran a campaign which ended up, you know, lasting for for three, four years. But um, it, it was called the real faces of sales. Um, and essentially, you know, it, it was sparked by research we did, um, you know, upfront, which, which showed how, you know, salespeople were, were, were portrayed in, in, in the media. So, you know, they were, they were seen as these kind of, you know, um, you know, cheesy, slick, you know, used car salesman type people. Um, and, 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 you know, what we found for our research was, you know, most 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 business decision makers actually, you know, believe that these media portrayals were inaccurate. You know, that wasn't the experience that 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 they were having with with, with salespeople. So we use that as like the the you know that insight is what we use as as like the driving force and um, be, behind everything that we did for, for for the campaign. So, you know, one of the things that we did, just as an example, is we created a a a stock library of of real salespeople. So so we photographed a bunch of real salespeople. We uploaded them to all of the different image libraries, um, you know, online with the idea that now when you type in salesperson, you know, into Google or, or into uh, one of the one of the um, image search libraries, our images of, of real salespeople are coming up rather than, you know, that that used car salesman uh, type image. So so just just marrying that, I guess, the, the, you know, the, 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 ensuring that the, that the purpose is um, is, is actually relevant or, or, or important to your audience as, as well as your brand. Um, and then the final piece, I, I guess I kind of touched on, on on this already, but it's 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 just you know using it, I guess, to provide um, a source of emotion, almost. So like 
you know, how can you use it to, to help drive the, 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 the campaign um, and, and, and help, you know, build that um, strong emotional connection uh, to your audience? Yeah, so having uh, an emotive effect and response from from your target audience and, you know, notoriously difficult to do in, in B2B situations, but actually being able to achieve that through authenticity. And, and I think that speaks to representation as well and diversity, equity and, and inclusion. You d- did a fantastic campaign quite recently um, looking at uh, the diversity and inclusivity of uh, the LinkedIn membership. Um, and that's something that really caught caught my eye as it's, you know, that something that, that again, I'm very passionate about. And again, we've been doing a lot of uh, research and uh, and work around and, um, you know, seeing people represented on a TV advert with different types of disabilities, you know, people from from all walks of, of life and, and influencers who are actually making a difference and building and creating businesses and communities um within b2b was incredibly powerful and uh i can see that the the, the sales campaign would have been powerful in a, in a similar way because you're, you're you know you're, you're taking away those stereotypes you're 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 myth busting you're sort of you know getting casting off the mantle of uh of preconceptions and and that's such an important part of of creative and uh, and the work that you do so um I've you know, seen that in action from from LinkedIn and and indeed more and more from from B two B brands, which is how we're really seeing that evolution of B two B creativity, but you know B two B branding, um, the changing nature of of campaigns to to have this emotional connection um, when you're talking about about business is something that's that's really only come to the to the fore in in recent years, and uh, and I think is probably a a very good signpost for for what's to to come in the in the future so with that in mind uh i guess sort of you know your thoughts about the future what are you excited about um what you know how do you think b2b marketing is going to be brilliant in the future uh are there enormous strides that you you anticipate or is it going to be more of the same um i'd just be really interested to to get your thoughts on what keeps you going and and what keeps you excited about about the future ahead because obviously you did mention earlier that some you know a lot of organizations are having a difficult time and we're de- dealing with geopolitical situations and and the pandemic and and everything else um so what are you excited about and what's good that's gonna gonna come forward through through the future yeah, great question. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that at the top, you know, I, I didn't think B2B marketing had changed a whole lot, you know, in in, in the last few years. You know, I, I do think that's the case, but but I but I feel like we're, we're at that point now, you know, we're, we're at a turning point almost in, in, in B2B. Um, so, you know, most marketers believe, um, and, and I think, you know, rightfully so, that that B2B marketing is more challenging than, than, than B2C. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 just more complex you know the, the the purchase journey is not a straight line um it's you know it, it, it's a longer sales process that you know involves a whole host of, of decision makers um you know even you know how we measure marketing um it 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 just doesn't register these these kind of challenges you know when it's one click purchase um it you know it, it it's much much easier to to measure the success of your campaign versus when it's a you know a a 9 month sales process so um 
So I feel like, you know, um, B2B marketing is more challenging, but, but, you know, you know, that might sound a little bit dire, but, but I see it as, as a huge opportunity. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for, um, for, for, for creativity and for, for problem solving and, and, you know, um, it, it, it's something that only the best marketers in the world could tackle. Um, so, you know, we, we, we did some research recently, um, and we found 69%, um, of marketers believe that, um, you know, purchase decisions are just as emotionally charged, um, as, as, as B2C. So it's, it's, you know, how do we, how do we bring that, that emotion and, and, and the creativity and the big ideas that we tend to associate, um, in, uh, or with, with B2C marketing in, into B2B, um, because the, the, you know, the economy, um, quite frankly, depends on, on the success of B2B that, that, that's where the future growth is going to come from. Um, you, you know, you see, um, you know, there's B2B companies that many folks have not heard of. You know, you, you look at a company like ServiceNow, um, you know, mo- most folks probably haven't heard of ServiceNow, but, you know, its market cap is is worth more than, you know, Adidas, Ford and a bunch of other brands combined. Um, so 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 that's where the future growth is coming from. And I think that's a really exciting challenge for for both, you know, anybody who works in the, in the profession like, like B2B marketers to think that, you know, we're going to continue to power the world's economy and, and, and become an even more important, important part of it. But it's also a, a really interesting challenge for for um, for for agencies too, um, you know, because um, just due to the fact that, you know, B2B is that bit more complex, you know, it, 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 it makes it all the more important that we have these very, very clear um, brand promises. Like I, I, you know, I think about, you know, an, an example like like the iPod when that was first launched, like that technology had been around for a long, long time. Like the the MP3 player was around for ten plus years before uh, before the iPod launched. And um, but it wasn't until we had this, you know, one thousand songs in your pocket. You know, this 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 very very clear promise. You know, taking complex technology and turning it into this very very clear um, brand promise that that then that technology took off. So it, it just it, you know it, it represents a a great opportunity for for um for B two B marketers represents a great opportunity for agencies um so yeah I, I think that the future of of B two B is you know it's it's bright it's bold um it's creative and you know it'll continue to power um more and more of the world's economy. I love that. I think you've summed it up beautifully. Um and yeah, it really is. It's packaging and harnessing that creativity and those, you know, those bold ideas, the, those bright ideas um, and and driving that forward from an economic perspective and also from uh, from a wider business perspective um, through, through B2B in, in a way that's not done before. So I think you're right. I think, yes, it is a significant challenge, but it's a fantastic opportunity and um, gives a lot of food for thought for for us, for, uh, for agencies, for um, for our clients and um, many of our listeners who, who are going to be tuning in to, to this podcast episode. So thank you so much, Keith. I could really could talk to you for forever and a day. I think you're so insightful. You've got um, you know, such great perspectives on, on the work that you've been doing. And I think, you know, seeing it from LinkedIn's perspective, that you've got access to, to those really exciting businesses and, uh, and ideas and 
uh, and different campaigns that that are going on. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time to to speak with us today. And um, I'm hoping we can continue to collaborate on some some content to to draw out some of the themes that we've discussed today and uh, uh, and to be able to take those conversations forward. My pleasure, Rachel. Great to chat to you today. Thanks, Keith. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.